Hi, my name is Dan Blondell. I'm the CEO founder uh, of Nano One Materials uh, here in uh, uh, the Vancouver area in, uh, in Western Canada. Nano One is developing uh, a uh, industrial process technology to improve the cost and environmental footprint of battery production focused on the lithium ion battery cathode materials. That's where the lithium, the nickel and the manganese all get mixed to make a, a functional material. Dan, lovely to meet you. Um, we've not met or spoken before, so I've been w watching your story from afar. I'm intrigued by it. So it fits in with the thematic of the moment. Um, but I'd love to sort of dig in and sort of try and understand where you started from and, and, and where you're going. So um, first of all, give us a bit of your background. Yeah, so uh, I'm, a, I'm actually an engineer, mechanical engineer by, by training, born and raised in, in actually Eastern Canada, Montreal, and then, and then to, to the West when with my family in the teens. And uh, studied uh, eventually studied mechanical engineering and, and I've worked in a variety of different industries started in mining uh, was in medical devices uh, did a long stint with a company that was acquired by Kodak in in uh, in, in, in uh, um, the graphic arts industry we kind of digitized the the uh, um, offset printing uh, essentially um, and and led to the decline in, in print essentially uh, and then uh, I took a, a move 10 years ago into the energy industry recognizing that it was going to be uh, you know big and uh, and, and a, a lot to do and started in nuclear energy with a startup called general fusion uh, and then uh, kicked this off shortly thereafter um, in 2011 2012 time frame I wonder why. What happened in 2011? Um, right, you, you, you quite nicely um, uh, outlined what you do today, but what did you set out to do? What, did, what problem did you think you were going to try and solve day one? I think um, I, certainly when we, we started out day one, we had um, a novel way of making cathode materials. So we kind of were turning it a bit on its ear um, how, how to make these cathode materials. And the uh, we started from scratch. Uh, we didn't. This didn't come out of a uh, out of a university lab. It wasn't acquired from anyone else. It's homegrown intellectual property, and the uh, the notion was that we could drive down the cost, improve the simplicity of making cathode materials, which is the kind of the fundamental part of the cathode of, of the of the lithium ion battery. And the business model was always um, certainly from the beginning was a licensing model, building out our patents, our know how, our engineering plans, our people um, for in, in, to, to build partnerships and, and 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 with the aspirations of licensing our technology to other players in the field. That kind of feels like where you are today. But I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is these: where's the where did the idea come from, or where did the belief come from? You go, we can reduce the cost of this. We can do this. Industry's been doing it a long time, but we know more than they do, and we're going to drive the cost of this out. What was the genesis of that? What was that moment? Well, I, I, first of all, I think I think industry has been very good at driving down costs using existing processes by optimization. So, uh, the inspiration comes um, from, in a, in a way, kind of leapfrogging, changing the way things are done. And industry isn't necessarily good at that. Um, they're good at optimization. So, uh, really, the the innovative spirit tends to lie with smaller companies like Nano One who are willing to take that risk. And, and the inspiration came not from me. Um, I, I came in on the really on the business side more than anything else, but from um, a, a scientific partner who uh, who had the initial inspiration, had done a, a fair amount of work in the uh, in, in battery materials and uh, had a, had a fair amount of experience right from the early 1990s, uh, late kind of 88 uh, 
different time frame. And so that that kind of led to the inspiration that there's got to be a better way to make these materials. And 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 lo and behold, we are what we are today. Right. That person still with you, or have they gone? That person is no no longer with us. So that was a uh, that person was on contract with us, and and um, we parted ways. Oh, now it's probably a good uh, six six seven years ago, and 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 built the team from that. But it was a contractual arrangement at the time. Okay, so you've been brought inside on on the business side of things. So, I, what I guess where I want to end up is trying to understand the commerciality here. Okay, because everyone loves a big idea, but at some point you guys got to make money, right? So, um, yeah. the you're talking about reducing cost, you're talking about a greener solution, boosting performance, all of those wonderful things. So, you've gone out to industry and said. We think we can deliver this, and yet I know I noticed you've got a number of partnerships and collaborations going on. So, again, wh- where where did that start? What did you need to prove to be able to have the kind of conversations that you're having today? Obviously, we need to to bring credibility to the table, and we had to build that credibility over time. And that um, started even way back in twenty kind of. 13, 14, 15 timeframe by doing a lot of evaluation work. So we would make very small amounts of cathode material at a laboratory scale, um, uh, test them internally, and then and then validate them with our partners or, or with our potential partners or, or with the interested groups. And that means you send this send this little vial of powder out to uh, to whoever it might be, and they put it in a in a test cell uh, and try to replicate the results that that uh, that we had. And so. Uh, there's been a lot of evolution in the battery space. Uh, chemistries are kind of shifting every two years. There's a slight shifts in in, in the uh, in the chemistries, and we have tended to shift and even even front run some of those. We've been in in, in front of some of those trends. Our technology can make a variety of different cathode materials, so that that's always made us a little bit future proof in that sense because we can shift with the trends. We can make all different types of cathode materials. So, but there's a tremendous amount of work, of course, getting it to that stage and and getting going through those validation steps, and then shifting as the market shifts as well. What? Well, so you're you're agnostic in, in that sense. I guess that that definitely helps future proof you. Um, but it means that some you mean it means your partners need to as well. The people that you're collaborating with, they need to be able to adapt and change it too, or else those potential contracts disappear, right? Because that's, that's a very correct, competitive yeah. space that that you're in. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about the partners that you've got or that are, are relevant? Sorry, and just for everyone, I'm just going to keep this at a very high level today because there's some new people, new to the technology, new to the company. We're going to keep it relatively high level, and perhaps Dan can come in and we'll get a little bit more technical next time around. But let, let's just talk about some of those partnerships that you've uh, you've established. So, so yeah, I mean, look, I think. Um, one of our uh, most recent sort of partnerships that's very close to our space is is a, uh, is a joint development agreement with Johnson Matthey, um, who um, um, most of your listeners will know is in the precious metal space, largely on the, on the auto catalyst side of things. As that um, uh, as that industry has been declining, they're coming into the cathode space. Very 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 similar um, type of skill sets to to make uh, to, to work with both those kinds of materials, and. Um, uh, we signed on with Johnson Matthey to develop a, a new generation of cathode materials and that um, uh, and, and using our technology. So this is making their materials using our process. And that's, it, again, to drive down costs, improve the environmental footprint, et cetera. 
But the, the, the key thing here is that relationship took us two years to put in place a whole bunch of evaluation. Obviously, putting these agreements in place requires a lot of legal back and forth, um, you know, six months of, uh, of, of, uh, of action, a lot of, lot of testing, a lot of um, optimization of those tests for everyone to get a comfort level that the technology works. And, and so that's a typical cycle that we get to even before we get to a joint development agreement. And then you've got a couple of years of work to uh, 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 that, that have to kind of go uh, get underway to to uh, to get to a, to get to proving points and go no go points in the relationship. Okay, so let's let's dive into this one because that's the first name that you, you you came up with. There's some others that people have been throwing at us. They want to they want to talk to you. Uh, want us to talk to you about so Johnson Matthew that it takes a couple of years once you've kind of agreed to you know start a process there. Again, what's the problem you're solving for them? Is it just your you know general banner of we'll reduce your cost and improve the the, the 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 product for you and we'll green we'll greenify it for you i mean what, what's what's the sales pitch to someone like that and what do they do with it because they're bound to be having conversations with, with a few other people as well aren't they or, or are you exclusive uh there's no exclusivity um on for for either party um uh so you know we're we're certainly not aware of anyone else they're doing the same thing we are with them but they are actively involved on other fronts obviously with with many other companies um, so, so the, you know, the problem we're trying to solve is exactly what you said. We're helping them drive down costs, improve the, uh, reduce complexity, improve um, the yield, the performance of the materials, and ultimately the also the environmental footprint. Right. Okay. So, and then when you when you decide to move forward with them, you know, because everything it just everything just takes a little a little time to get to the point where you can actually, you know, because it's a, you talked about royalty. That, that, that's the that's the way that you're going to make money, right? You're going to um, license it out and charge a royalty fee. Yeah, in terms of how it, it hashes out, um, it will be either a royalty or a joint venture that we're involved in where, you know, we're, we're either getting the royalty direct or we become part of a, a joint venture and we, uh, we license the technology into that joint venture or partnership um, and then share in the, in the revenues. Right. Okay. But given- in, in, either, in either case, you, you're basically licensing the technology into that. That's what I was going. Like, right. Okay. In which case, you know, you, you, we're, we're just moving things around a balance sheet at the, at, at the moment, and maybe in a different different wording on an agreement. Because the the amount that you're going to end up with is going to be is it going to be materially the same? Because you know they've got a big balance sheet. It's their material. It's their people. All of that kind of stuff. And you're licensing okay. a process, right? That's, so that's, JV that's royalty is it the same thing? Uh, it, it's it's a it's a different it's a slightly different thing because um, uh, in a in a royalty based scheme we don't bear much of the operating costs or the or the the ramp up costs and the um, and, and the revenue streams um, are are more limited. However, uh, the margins are very very high. In in the case of a joint venture or or a partnership where we're we're, we're partnering on uh, on an operation, we have revenues coming in. They're much higher than the royalties we would get. However, the margins are much lower. In the end, they come out to being roughly the same. Some chemistries and some partners partnerships may favor a pure royalty. Some may pay, uh, favor um, uh, a revenue sharing partnership of some sort. But it, it but but from our point of view, it requires us to uh, to license the technology into whatever that entity is, share it, um, 
transfer the technology and uh, and the revenue will come in either one of those streams. Right. Okay. So typically with JV structures, there's just some there's some risk, there's some liability, there's the need possibly to also raise capital, which has a cost implication and it's a distraction, right? So I, I just wanted, I'm really just trying to get a sense of how you think and, you know, if you want to focus, be a purist and focus on your technology and expanding the number of partners, uh, collaborations, JVs or, or, or otherwise that you've got, or do you feel that you could be an industry player at some point because of the number of JVs that you've got going on and that you, you're growing understanding and learning? Yeah, I think in some cases there are opportunities for us to uh, be um, be a, uh, a, a an industry contributor um, as a, a as an not a wholly independent operator, but a, 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 an independent operator with strong partners up and down the supply chain, and perhaps even at the equal at, at, at the at that that part of the supply chain. So, um, and and I, um, I'm a little I'm I'm hedgy about this only because um, we have different partners who think different ways as well. So so we have to stay relatively nimble and flexible in terms of our business model. Absolutely, but if 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 I was getting some glimpse into the way that you you and your board were thinking about, well, look, we can partner with a number of people. We can try and understand the processes up and down that food chain. And maybe at some point in the future, we'll know enough to maybe, you know, be a different sort of company. That, that's where I was going with that. I'm just trying to say where you're at. Correct. And, and it has evolved over time. We, you know, originally it was a pure kind of royalty type of scheme. And we've, we've uh, certainly evolved to a joint venture type of uh, concepts as well. And then, um, you know, on top of that, as, as we start to work at the bookends of the supply chain to create demand for our technology, this is working with the, the automotive companies and the big integrated miners who both, who all benefit from a simplification of the midstream. And the, the, um, as we, evolve those relationships, we are seeing opportunities to demonstrate our technology, perhaps in partnership with one of these big players, to really um, a kickstart and create the change that's required in the midstream um, with our technology. And, and that, that would be, again, uh, something that's seen as us being way more involved in the operations than uh, than a pure royalty play. Right. Okay. That's useful to understand. Um, you, you mentioned OEMs a second, and I do want to go there, and, I, and lots of people want me to go there. Um, but just 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 stick down with the cathode producers at the moment. Okay. You 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 said you can straddle. You're agnostic and straddle a number of different designs. Um, so the uh, LNMO um, as well with a, it says here undisclosed cathode Asian cathode producer, can't name names. I understand that, we get that a lot. Um, but is it a similar setup to the Johnson & Matthew situation? Are they significantly larger? What's it look like? You know, it's, it, it, um, um, as, as Asian companies tend to be, there, there, there's, a, there's a sort of whole sort of agglomeration of different entities and stuff like that. And I, I think in some angles, it could be larger than Johnson Matthew. In some ways you look at it, it might be smaller. Right? It, it, uh, it kind of depends how you look at it. And, and you know, that doesn't give your listeners any, any particular focus. But the arrangement there is very similar to Johnson Matthew. It's a collaborative arrangement um, to make a, um, a version of LNMO that is theirs using our technology uh, in the sense that we're working with Johnson Matthew to make a version of high nickel cathode materials that they have branded ELNO um, using our, uh, our process for, for making it. Okay, and then again, same with the L uh, you've got LFP as well in there as well. So again, is it a similar similar scenario with 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 that uh, partner? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, with, with LFP, um, uh, what's a little bit different there is that lithium iron phosphate, we're not uh, changing. There's no particular uh, formulation that we're going to have. It's more of a generic. Um, we can make all LFP up better. And uh, and we're looking to, uh, and right now we're, we're really excited about what's what's coming to the to the game in North America and potentially Europe as well. Uh, we've always believed that LFP would be a big player in the at the entry level and in the mass market electric vehicles. Where, where cost uh, total cost of ownership makes a huge um, difference to uh, to adoption, and LFP is the you know the cheapest, safest, longest lasting material, and and, and gives the it gives the uh, uh, ultimately the, the consumer uh, the the best cost of ownership, the best warranty, essentially, and that uh, that we believe is coming now uh, in a, in a strong way, and we're well positioned in Canada, and North America, to to help build that out. There's nothing here yet. Uh, there was something 20 years ago in Quebec, um, but uh, but it's now we're in, we're in a place now to really kind of build that up. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of conversations around that, but I guess we'll see over the next five, five or ten years what the what the use cases are and and, and yeah. which which designs actually you know win the day in in, in different sectors. But um, so just just in, I just want to keep with that with that kind of column of of cathode producers. What what you're saying there is we have worked out across those three different technologies how our how our process can interact and you know deliver those benefits. We, with the licensing JV or royalty model, will be able to um, work across the board with whoever. There's no exclusivity. You've said so far, um, and but if you do, it'll be this normal normal process of you know it'll be by jurisdiction or region, or, et cetera, depending on how much that partner is willing to pay or where where they operate. So n- yeah, nothing unusual there, right? No, no, nothing unusual. I mean, look if if um, uh Exclusivity comes with a price, and if someone's willing to pay it, and uh, then I think we'd, we'd, we'd certainly give it consideration. Right. Okay. Uh, let's go to OEMs because I think people got a little bit excited because there's a lot of projection because there's a, there's a lot of kind of closed door black box w- w- with you, right? And yeah. um, people project, and we're I'm trying to get sort of nearer a sense of what what the reality is. So OEMs, we've got you mentioned Volkswagen there, and then you've got undisclosed US OEM. Everyone says that's Tesla. Um, GM. Where where do you how how do you help the market understand what it is that you're dealing with there? Because if it if it's a listen, it's a it's a it's a tricky situation. I think um, most of the OEMs, um, um, you know, they have they have deep complex relationships in their supply chain. And um, as they, as we develop a relationship with them, they have to get to a comfort level about who we are before um, they make any announcements because they, they don't want to, uh, they don't want to undermine any of their, uh, you know, existing supply chain relationships that are feeding the batteries today. And, and so that's a, um, that's a really important thing for them. And that's one of the reasons that um, they choose um, to keep things kind of under wraps until the relationships are, are, uh, are more fully developed. So, um, uh, in, in terms of what we're doing with the OEMs, um, the you know, as we've said pretty clearly in in you know many of our kind of outreaching uh, sort of narratives, we're working on next generation lithium ion batteries, um, high nickel, high manganese. Um, we believe soon to be LFP, um, and the focus is on really on economics and supply chain, and that is uh, proving out the, uh, the 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 cost models and the engineering models, 
um, and proving that they can be these can be made with an appreciable uh, improvement in the economic structure and 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 simplification of the materials and at the same time um, uh, drive down that kind of environmental uh, footprint and the, and the carbon footprint associated with it. The, the challenge, uh, you know, and this is our challenge, we are, what we're proposing um, is disruptive to the supply chain. We're, we're proposing you, we can get rid of a chunk of the supply chain here, um, the, uh, the conversion of nickels to nickel sulfates, and I won't get too technical on this, um, but if, if we can get rid of that part of the supply chain, that's where the majority of the cost reduction and the majority of the environmental footprint um, comes from. Um, to adopt that, that means they've got to change kind of how they buy, how they purchase, who they, who they, where they get things from, and how they spec all of their input materials, and that um, is fundamentally disruptive. It, it's it's not a it's not a stretch to see it getting there, but it does require partnership up and down the supply chain and 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 really an ecosystem that's willing to support it. And that's why we are actively working with the OEMs and the miners to create that uh, to create that need. Right, but just want, I want to come back. There. I want to push you a little bit on it because you, you, you're yeah. talking the language and narrative of of a Tesla. You're talking about moving molecules the most efficient way. Um, you, the, the, the whole green green component here, first principles, and all that wonderful things. So you 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 are if you're using that language, that is to attract the the, the Tesla's of this world. Um, it, it would seem to to us. Um, is that is that the case? Is that is that who your ultimate dream partner is? Is Tesla our ultimate dream partner? Um, I, you know, look, uh, I think I think any one of the large um, uh, multinational uh, OEMs um, is a dream partner. I think they would. Uh, any one of them would be a complete sort of company changer in terms of a um, in terms of a. Uh, um, a relationship that we can disclose and we can get uh, that we can get the world excited about. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't think there's a particularly dream partner. Certainly, you know, Tesla has done a tremendous amount to to move the market, and and there's been lots of skeptics, um, of course, along along the way, but they have you know fundamentally changed things. I mean, look the the move to cleaner uh, cleaner raw material supply chains that largely was triggered by. By you know Elon Musk last summer when he said I need cleaner nickel I need I need clean nickel, and um, that put a huge amount of wind in our sails because we have a solution that is clean nickel based, and and so that that kind of thing that kind of um, I think visionary um, um, that visionary component aligns very well with where we are, but we're we're also seeing that we're seeing that coming much in a much quieter way from from other OEMs as well so look the the GMs and the Fords and the and the and the, and the Volkswagens um, also have all of this embedded into their into their supply chain teams and their strategic supply chain teams so um it, 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 but but really Tesla Tesla triggered that and and all of a sudden everyone um, knows it's got to happen and so that's uh, that's ideal. But there's, there's there's two kind of things going on here. There's, there's um, one first of all, Fight Club is don't talk about Fight Club. I think you're doing a very good job there. Um, but you know, people, who, companies that try to align themselves with Tesla in the hope of you know, um, I don't know, gaining something from it, some of the shine and the attention from it. I, I think that's not something that that Tesla Tesla likes either. From from what I've seen in the two instances that we've we, we've noted, so I pre- appreciate you can't say much, but I, you can understand why people have made that link to to you because you talk you talk the same language here. 
it, and it is what it is. Okay, so park it up. Um, I just I just wanted to sort of see your poker face and see you know see see where what we, what we could get from you. Um, with with coming to miners, which this is the interesting bit. So coming you know right 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 up, upstream here. Um, you talked about nickel, and I, I, you know, remember the, the 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 quote last year from from Elon Musk for, for sure, because a few of our a few of the companies have been on here, um, were the beneficiaries of that, like you. Um, what's the conversation with those guys? Because miners need to do something different. They need to, they need innovation. They need to change the way they come about things because far too long it's been the well we've always done things this way it's, we will continue to do it this way and as you say they they optimize they don't necessarily in, in, innovate so what's your what's your message to them or what's the, what are the conversations to, with with companies and is it the same thing we'll save you money well at a pure at a pure basic level I think um, obviously they. Miners, junior and fully integrated senior miners, want uh, to be making a material that meets the spec of their of their customers. At the end of the day, so um, at, at a at a fundamental level, we're working with these players to kind of define what that spec looks like for our process. So that's a that's a that's a fairly straightforward relationship. However. Um, the, the large integrated miners are also trying to figure out how they play downstream. How, you know, if, if this market is going to consolidate at all, is there an opportunity for them to make, rather than just make a, uh, make a metal product, can they make a, a battery specific uh, product? So uh, you saw BHP going to nickel sulfate uh, down at, at their nickel West plant in Australia um, and uh, and that's probably the furthest downstream we've seen from any kind of integrated miner. Um, they typically look, they make their money. The most their highest profit margins are when they're just making metal and selling it. Anything after that is um, is uh, it, you know pushes them into the midstream where the margins are far lower. And and so it, it, I think the value proposition to to the big integrated miners is if we can get rid of the midstream conversion to nickel sulfate, let's say, and, and other materials, we can, um, we can create a scenario where they don't have to give away as much of the premium to get it into a battery grade material. They've got battery grade material right there as far as we're concerned. And, and so by preserving some of that premium, it's more profitable for them. And I think ultimately that's the value proposition that really resonates. And of course, by getting rid of that, say nickel sulfate conversion, we also solve a big environmental problem for them, and 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 for the whole sort of battery supply chain, and so that helps kind of green their product and uh, and the fact that they're selling it into a cleaner supply chain. Right. Okay. Can, can we can we get a little bit technical now? Do you mind? Um, sure. With yeah. and, and maybe I'll I'll start. Off. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> because I. I'm just a bit, I'm sort of intrigued as to what you're actually going to do for each one of these partners, clients, however you want to frame it, because you, you, you've got a process, you are demonstrating, I know you've got a ways to go, but you're demonstrating that it's, it's working so far and your expectation is that it will work. And you can go to these guys and say, right, okay, you can, you, you can use our process. How do you, how, what does it do for them? Like if it's a minor, let's say, let's, let's, Take a, take a regular regular miner next door to you and you say, right, okay, um, we've got something that's going to maybe be able to save you some margin. It'll give you some green credentials. It'll you know, do it in terms of carbon taxes and all those wonderful things. Um, and you're, you, you, you'll be able to make more money and, and be in control of your process more, right? Whatever that is. So what do you actually, what do they 
do with your process? How, where does it start? Where does it finish? Yes. So, um, again, it, it differs a little bit from minor to minor. Um, everyone is certainly when they're cash rich like they are now, they're always thinking about like, you know, where can we invest our money? How can we, how, you know, can we go downstream? Um, look, they're good at mining. Um, they're not necessarily, uh, miners aren't necessarily good at specialty chemicals and specialty materials that are downstream. But they want to and, be there because it's a different multiple for them. And you've got lots of people coming on the show going, oh, we're, we're, we're a lithium chemical company now. We're not a miner. We've got a mine, but we're a chemical company because we, we get a five times multiple, not a two times multiple. So are you giving them the opportunity to do that? Meaning. Yes, essentially. So, so um, look, whether we see consolidation between the um, the miners, refiners, and, and the cathode space, or we see maybe more consolidation downstream with with the with the battery players, um, it does provide them a, a, a bigger reach into that higher multiple area, and I think that's where the interest lies. If it if it's taking them out of their core expertise and comfort zone, it takes them quite a while to move in that direction. But that is ultimately what the goal is. Now, now it can be done through partnership and joint venture as well, where, where, where we might be uh, uh, operating a plant that they're feeding, or it might be something that is, is, is assumed uh, or, 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 you know, brought into their kind of sort of organization as well. So that you know whether we're doing that with the miners or we're building cathode uh, demonstration facility with OEMs. They're they're two very different beasts, and 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 both of those things are out of their their, their typical comfort zones. But they recognize that uh, some collapse in the supply chain is necessary to really to drive this kind of change. Okay, that, that, that's what I'm getting at. They, they, they're, they're, you're absolutely right. They're very very different. So, how, how do you help them? You know, get over the line there because you know you're you're saying you're saying what to them? You're saying um, I, I know you do mining now, but we're going to radically change your ability to make money margin because we're going to allow you to go downstream. It's also going to have an effect on people's valuation of, of your company too. Uh, you give us some. You do what? Where, how's the how's the money component? How's the commercial component of this actually work? What does it look like? Again, it depends on, on how this thing how it would be structured, and and ideally, um, if they can protect the um, the premiums they have in their basic, um, you know, uh, high purity, so let's say metal powders, um, that is a, is a big part of their goal. So if it's in, let's say it's investing in a uh, uh, in a nano one facility that that may even have another cathode producer attached to it as well but uh, that's one way um, i think they can see themselves the, the, the miners kind of deploying capital to improve their their business and then the other way is to reach downstream which um, uh, miners talk a lot about but very few ever do it and and reaching downstream to to build out the specialty chemicals business and in that case it would be uh, you know would be a, a, a license a joint venture type of arrangement where um uh, where, where Nano One's technology becomes part of the fold, everything that happens, you know, after you make this kind of uh, high purity uh, material, and, it, and and then it gets converted into a into a cathode material. So in that case, it would be a, it would either be uh, you know a, 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 it would be assumed into the into the mine. It would be um, spun out as a separate entity, uh, operating entity, um, or or it might be simply a commercial arrangement with Nano One and another partner. Right, but you're doing all the heavy lifting for them because they don't know how. I'm trying to work out again. He is like, is it a distraction or a real revenue op uh, opportunity for you guys? 
you know, and, and your mining partner, but for, for you guys. And then w- what does that look like? Because you get a number of these things going and, and it's, it's, a, it's an entirely different business, isn't it? Well, I think from our point of view, it's actually not that very different. I mean, in, in, in every case, we have a, we have a module, let's call it a technology module that we can plunk down and uh, we can make cathode materials work and the inputs we need come from the miners. Now, whether that's co-located at the miner, um, it's, it's at a, in the midstream or it's at the OEM, that doesn't really make a difference to us. How the commercial arrangements um, end up looking is going to be different, but the ultimately to nano one, um, uh, there's no technical distraction here of doing it one way or the other. What there is is an opportunity to bring in a world leading partner that's cash rich that can uh, actually fund the uh, the technological change. Right, okay. So we, we've kind of dealt with the kind of th- the theory of this and the potential of, of this. Um, if we come back to today, you've got an, a number of processes in place. So be careful, we're process is gonna get conflated here a little bit. You've, you've got a number of projects that you're um, going through, the Johnson Mathy, the Asian Cathode Partner, et cetera, the um, CBMM with Niobium uh, coating stuff that you're doing, um, St. Goban, et cetera. So you've got a number of things going on in there and they're all relatively early stage. Which is the most advanced, which is the nearest you being able to say to the market, hey, we've got some revenue coming in soon or t- next week? Well, look, we, I've said this. Um, I've said this before. Uh, the Asian cathode um, producer, I think, were probably closest there on some kind of a commercial arrangement related to um, um, the licensing of our technology. The the sight lines on that um, are uh, are still are still kind of within within reach. We believe, and and um, and we think can happen. Kind of. Um, uh, can happen kind of in in let's say Q1 of 2022. Is that what we're going into? Yes, 2022, and um, uh, of course that would then lead to some kind of piloting activities and ultimately build out of a of a of a, of a facility that might begin generating revenues um, in in the 2023 2024 timeframe. So there's there's obviously there's a there's a license deal, there's build out, there's optimization, and then of course. Um, the revenues don't, don't start flowing until there's materials coming off the end of, a, of, of some kind of a production line. Right. But you're not anywhere n- near understanding yourselves, let alone being able to tell, tell the market what that quantum is, what, what that flow or projection is. No, it, 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 until that, until the, um, until the commercial agreement is in place, um, um, it, it's, it, we cannot put those kind of targets in place because we don't know what the ramp up schedule is going to be. And, and it's really that, it's really the, uh, it's the marketing that needs to be put in place and the demand for the materials, the offtake. Um, um, and that's all going to play. That's all going to be part of the, uh, you know, the commercial agreement that we put in place. We're not just going to license something and then sit and wait for our customers to, to, to work with it. They're, we don't want to be put in that situation, nor do we want to put our investors in that situation. It's really going to have to have um, uh, commercial marketing um, site lines on it as part of the agreement. And once those are in place, I think we will then be able to um, bring um, some more accurate forecasting to to revenues. But uh, uh, for now, we're 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 at, we're at the stage we're at, and uh, um, and and things are moving and progressing in the right direction. Right. Who who's next? Who, who's next on the list of priorities? I, I would say that the, I, I think there's an opportunity 
in particularly in North America to put a demonstration facility of, of sorts in place. Um, uh, we've seen this rising, this tidal wave really of interest um, coming, not just from the OEMs, but from the governments and from the, you know, uh, nationally, provincially, you know, uh, statewide in the US um, to, um, to, to build out that supply chain. And, and we, so we think that um, some kind of a North American demonstration facility, you know, we would love to see it in Canada, and we think there's an appetite for it in Canada, particularly because it's it's upstream and closer to mining, anyways, and 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 quite favorable. So, while it's not a, I, I can't tell you with whom, um, but what I can tell you is that we we think there's a um, there's a strong possibility um, that we can bring some kind of a pilot or demonstration facility to the table um, uh, in the coming year, year and a half uh, kind of concept. And and uh, and there will be more detail on that as we progress with the relationships we have, both um, both with the, the OEMs and industry and with the uh, with government. Okay. So that, that sounds like a cost at the moment, but it, 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 with, the, with the end end goal that that demonstration plant will allow you to sell into or sell to other partners, JVs, royalties, et cetera, in the North American region. Yes. That's the and, goal. And, and, and that's the goal. And, and of course, with, with the buy-in, of course, you're not going to just build the football stadium and have people come, you know, uh, wait to sell tickets. I mean, um, we, we have to, we have to know the demand is there. So it's, it's partly, it's partly thinking about timing, like well, getting the interest of course, from the OEMs is going to be really important or, or maybe it's from a, you know, much smaller battery producer to go into, let's say a niche market that can move faster than the automotives. That's uh, perhaps how the whole thing starts. And so building out those relationships is very important. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, so coming back to the question with regards to revenues, it's, it feels like the next 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 two years is not a re- revenue time, but it might be agreement time. I said an agreement to agree. Is it, or was it agreement to revenue? No, it, it would be. It would. I mean, it, it would be an agreement to license our technology. Is what it would be, or an agreement, let's say, to collaborate on the building building of a facility, um, and those would then come with some kind of revenue projections. Right. And so that's the North American thing. We're still talking about North America here, right? That's that's anywhere. I mean, look, right. it, it, that would be the same with our with our you know our Asian cathode producer as well. Right, but you give me a timeline for that, so I understand where that where that could potentially go, and when you can potentially talk to the market about what that means, because you know, scale, right? Because ultimately, at the end of this day, all these all these agreements are about getting commercial agreements in place, which you then can piece together and go, hey, do you know what? We're a hundred million dollar a year revenue company, and that's going to ramp up or whatever. And I guess that's it's it's kind of as an investor, you kind of like, right? Well, I I, I see some big names and some movement. With this process that does well, you know, you you you've the you've advanced significantly in proving that it works across multiple uh, designs, but we're not any clear in working out well, what's that actually converted into in terms of cents and dollars, right? So that that's that's the hard bit. Well, and look, we can we we have we have a whole bunch of you know different revenue models, and we can kind of look at like if we're if we do this and this, and we're successful with this, you know, as as it ramps up, this is what the revenue models will look like, either in a joint venture case or or in a uh, in a pure royalty. Type that's, of but that's play. not public, right? 
you, you've got that internally. No, we, we, at times we, we've kind of shared what that could look like, and okay. um, but we don't. But but the reality is, it's it's aspirational. It's it's not based on a it's not based on an agreement, right? It's uh, it's you know this is what the market size is. Um, we believe that if there's you know wide scale adoption of our technology, we can have aspirationally this much of the market share, and therefore it would generate this much right. of revenue. Let's not have that so, conversation. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. And 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 look, um, those are. Um, we get asked about that and we walk people through it, but, but without an agreement that none of that has any teeth at the end of the day, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Um, but, you know, look, we are where we are. And, and I think the, the um, industry, um, uh, the industry and our, and our, and our partnerships are developing in all in the right direction, but, uh, but we, we simply just can't put those kind of forecasts in place yet. They're just until the agreements are there, um, you know, the commercial agreements and, and, that that'll be a company changer when that happens. That first kind of agreement will bring uh, will bring the confidence and the credibility, and and we believe it will then lead to to more agreements because it'll it'll create a uh, there'll you know there'll be a rush on it because um, people will recognize that it's it's kind of it's got the stamp of approval on it, and uh, and we believe that's when things will really start to take off. Right. Okay. And what are the other moments that we can maybe look to as investors looking in and say, look, do you know what? Um, one or some of your partners have actually quantified that what this could mean to their bottom line, how much money it could save. You know, the increase of efficiency of the battery or the longevity of the battery uh, or, the, or, the, or the cost or quite frankly, these days people are able to apply what the kind of the kind of greening of, of the project can do for their for their business. Because I know you can't give such numbers, but are you, are you getting any of the people that you're working with, customers that you're working with or clients that you're working with say, look, I, th- I think this could mean X to us in terms of dollar terms or percentage terms or market terms or however they, are they at that stage yet themselves? Well, we're certainly, we're at a stage where we're, we're modeling all that out and we hired Patch Engineering to actually take our models and 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 apply a, a you know, really professional sort of um, uh, finish to it and, and, and take it to a higher level of detail than we can do um, internally at Nano One. And so what that does is it, um, uh, for instance, the work we're doing with them right now is about is about um, looking at the way cathode materials are made today and the way we uh, plan to make them and assessing the differences and looking at where the opportunities for cost reduction are. We believe um, at Nano One, from, from what we've um, seen, that we can reduce costs by many thousands of dollars per ton. Now, that, that's going to vary depending on what you're comparing it to, what you know jurisdiction you're comparing it to. So that's kind of why we leave it kind of loose like that. But um, and, and certainly as as um, uh, as the, the the nickel prices go up and the lithium prices go up, um, we have even a stronger narrative uh, because the the gap in 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 cost structure gets bigger, and we bring a bigger amount of savings to the table um, as those things go up. So that's a that certainly works in our favor, and the it really comes down to a fairly simple simple math. Um, there's a cost. To, uh, to converting nickel to nickel sulfate and lithium carbonate to lithium hydroxide. And, and that's the majority of the cost um, uh, that we, cost savings that we're bringing. There's also an environmental footprint associated with those. It's very easy to calculate. You're, you're, you're quintupling the weight of nickel when you uh, add sulfate 
and that has an environmental footprint. There's an energy uh, cost to, to doing it, and that has a very obvious environmental footprint. And so those savings um, are, are notionally very easy for the for the, uh, the miners and the OEMs to understand, uh, quantifying it down to the CapEx and the OpEx, it, it gets down into the nuts and bolts. And that's what we've, we've done a fair amount of work with that. Um, and, we, and we have a good understanding of it. And Hatch is now kind of taking that to a new level. So where, where's the competition coming from for you? I, I look, it, it's coming from really from all angles, not, not as much kind of in the cathode space. I mean, we're, we're trying to partner with our competitors essentially in, in, in the cathode space. So that's working with uh, the Johnson Matthews of the world, of course. Um, but the, I think the, 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 the competition, I mean, we don't see a lot of competition from a supply chain change other than maybe, you know, Tesla, Tesla has said, you know, we're, we're trying to change the supply chain. So they, uh, they, uh, they announced it at a Tesla battery day uh, last year. And, um, and uh, we haven't seen much out of them since then, but we, you know, we're not, we don't, we're not underestimating their ability to make those kind of changes. So um, look, there's a, a, there are companies like that, that um, uh, have very, big sources of capital and ability to, to move mountains. And those are, uh, you know, we seek to partner and with companies like that at the same time as, um, uh, as, as kind of, uh, I wouldn't say outrace them, but um, um, do stuff in parallel. Look, if Tesla comes to the table and, and we're not with them, um, we want to be with the other partners. So that's why it's really important for us to be working with, with everyone at the same time, because um, you know, each, each group will choose its path, and we believe we have one of the fundamental sort of bits of technology that will will improve that um, improve that path. I, I don't know if that makes sense. It's a bit esoteric. Well, it's, it's it, look. I, I guess it's a difficult difficult one to you know. You don't want to be um, pitching your 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 competitors. Um, but I'm just wondering, like technology is technology, and it's, and and it's always been the case that a better technology comes along at some point. You know, there'll be different battery designs and different use cases. And Tesla, a bit like Apple, may want their own, you know, intellectual property in their in their product. And and you know, and the big OEMs will be working hard to do what they can to optimize everything. So I just wonder where you sort of see the the securest point to be in the food chain. Is it with the miners? Because if you can get in early there, one because they don't have those skill sets, and they're not very technical, and they know what they know versus what is a very highly sophisticated audience down at the, the, the Teslas of this world. Um, do, you, do you feel equally safe along, along that whole supply chain or do you think that perhaps you need to you know, get focused? Well, I think, as I said before, I said this earlier, by working at either end of the supply chain, we're really creating demand for our technology, recognizing that we will only be able to fulfill that demand by working in the midstream with, the, with again, with the Johnson Matthews of the world. And, and so um, um, it's really a multi-pronged approach strategically. Um, um, and and it, it enables us to stay current with all of the trends. Um, it enables us to work What's, with, what's that mean? What do you mean by that? Well, um, the the trends in terms of of where the supply chain is going. So, what what are the what are the auto coast thinking? Um, you know, I, are we going to do it the same? You know, are they thinking we're we going to do this the same way they're doing it in China um, and just kind of you know rubber stamp what they're doing and trying to put here? Or are we going to try and we're going to try to change the way things are done um, uh, uh, to to sort of give us a give us an edge? And are they going to are they going to 
are they going to be putting, um, are they going to be buying up nickel sulfate or mixed MHP, mixed, mixed, uh, mixed hydroxide product or, or various other things to feed their supply chain? Is that a short-term um, strategy uh, with the long-term of actually getting rid of all that midstream stuff? We can't, we can guess at what that is, but it's only through our relationships with the uh, with the OEMs and with the miners that we can really kind of get a get a really kind of deep view on those kind of trends in the supply chain. And and then the other trends, of course, are related to the chemistries, the LFP, the the, the manganese rich, the nickel rich materials. Um, there's still a lot of um, um, I would say uncertainty which way it's going to go. We believe they'll all play a role. They're all fundamentally important to the battery space. There are many; they serve many different needs, and 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 not none of them serve all needs. So uh, they will be strategically important going forward. So understanding those trends is really important as well because it it it, it helps us focus where we put our our research and our development dollars as well, and 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 who we partner with um, because you know we want to be we want to be in all of those spaces um, because our technology allows us to be. Uh, we, we can make all of them and we can bring about the changes that we think in the long run will be very attractive to the, to the whole supply chain. Okay, so no one else is doing what you're doing? No, um, uh, you know, it's, uh, there are people playing the cathode space trying to bring in, let's say that there are, uh, you know, equipment manufacturers and, and there are plays in the space that um, improve the process, improve parts of the process, but no one is really re-looking really at the process, uh, the, 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 the ways of making cathode materials for the sake of changing the supply chain. I think that's a, that's fundamentally how we differ from everyone else. There are uh, lots of people are betting on, let's say, a, a new piece of kit to improve the way cathode materials are made, a new piece of kit the way the way uh, to, to improve the way a battery is made, but really to fundamentally change how we how we how we build um, uh, uh, you know environmentally effective and cost effective supply chains that requires a fundamental shift in the way we assemble all of these uh, raw materials, and that's that's unique to Nano One. Well, yeah. So so either you're wrong or you get to put your price list any which way you want because there's only one of yeah. you. Yeah, I, look, the, the big the big cathode producers, um, you know, uh, certainly if you think of the, the European ones, which are you know, uh, Umocor, BASF, Johnson Matthey, Haldor Topso, um, these are all, and actually, funny enough, they're all ex, they're all auto catalyst uh, players as well. So they all come out of the auto catalyst industry, and and, and then you've got your, your players in, in the more traditional ones in Japan, which come out of the ceramics industry, um, the Sumitomo metal mining, um, etc. They, um, um, they're they're all fundamentally interested in in supply chain change, but they but they are operationally driven to deliver today, and so the uh, working with us helps them you know in a way look to the future for the next generation of materials, and that's kind of the uh, I think that's kind of the relationship we're building with Johnson Matthey, um, but um, they of course are are looking for ways to improve a supply chain, and they are very interested in, in what we can bring to the table for that. And, and, but they're also, you know, they're also our competition um, uh, at the end of the day. So we, you know, we have to work very carefully with them. We, we'd rather be in the fold than out of the fold. Um, well, that's kind of what I meant. Was I was just gonna, I'm trying to understand what what the tensions are because they they are also competitors to you in in, in different ways. Um, but you you've you've got an opportunity to price this 
right for for, for the market because they'll be they'll find they'll de- they'll design you out of the system process if you if you're too expensive, right? So yeah. in terms of the use cases, like if I look at um, you know auto- automotive design, you know to implement and make changes, it takes a long time. It's you know five seven years. I don't know if that's the case with the batteries. You'll have to tell me. So what 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 are the other use cases? I, I mean, read a few in your PowerPoint. You know that you are honing in on in terms of the um, battery use cases that you think you can help companies with today. Uh, because if they're producing money today, they're paying you more money today rather than some kind of licensing fee agreement where they kind of ramp it up over a long period of you know years. Yeah. So obviously, the you know the the most attractive and visible and noisiest um, uh, um, customers are the big automotive companies. But you're right; it's five to seven year design cycles, and and you and so you're always planning way, way, way out. Um, um, there there are other battery uh, driven uh, industries that. Uh, have much faster um, design cycles. So power tools, for instance, is a, is an interesting one. Their um, you know their design cycles are measured in in months, um, not um, not in half decades. And so so having a, a way to so so we think, for instance, our high voltage spinel, the the, the manganese rich material, is is uh, very suited to that kind of industry. And and we are uh, and we are. Uh, we are we do have relationships with uh, some of the uh, the big power tool companies exploring ways to use um, this kind of next generation material. The higher voltage would allow them to use fewer cells in a, in, in a, in a battery pack in your drill. And that, of course, simplifies um, things quite a bit. And, and I think that ultimately that would be the um, that's the real driver. Um, uh, having a high power um, uh, battery like the Spinel is also very important. So it, it's it's a it's really a power driven cell. It, it it delivers energy really quickly and can be charged very quickly. And, and that's the most well, other than safety, that's probably the most important thing um, uh, for these uh, particles. So there's a there's an example of a of a uh, of a relatively rapidly expanding and uh, um, uh, market sector, and one that is willing to now invest in technology. Um, really, until quite recently, um, they would just pull cells off the shell and, uh, shelf and, and put them together. We're seeing, uh, like the auto producers, we're seeing a uh, an industry that is is now willing to prototype and design cells and look at chemistries um, to make a, obviously to make a better package for their for their customers. So that that. Um, that kind of upstream design philosophy that we're now seeing kind of creeping into the auto space is also creeping into some smaller markets who, who traditionally couldn't afford it. They couldn't afford to take those kind of technological risks. So they just bought something off the shelf, packaged it together. Look, Apple and Samsung, and um, they did it years ago. And we're starting to now see these other industries um, starting to think um, upstream and how they can integrate the battery and just make a you know make a, a slimmer or or uh, more uh, energy intensive product um, by um, by designing um, uh, not just the package but the but but the but the cell and ultimately the chemistry that goes into it. Right, and so obviously OEMs. We're talking car, truck, lorry. Um, Maybe even kind of long, long, long-term storage um, solutions there with these kind of smaller, like you know, power drills, and I, you know, I don't know what other kind of electrical use type applications that you're going to be able to talk to. What, what, what's what's that equate to in terms of size size of the market? Because again, if it's like we, can, it's revenue now, but it's a much smaller market. 
versus the big opportunity of where we're going to be in five, five, seven years with, with the OEMs. I mean, is there? Well, look, they, they, they pale in comparison to the, the revenue opportunities. I mean, you, we, we, with the OEMs, you know, we're, you know, the, uh, an OEM, an automotive scale cathode um, manufacturing entity would be 30, 40, 50,000 tons a year. Um, uh, power tools would be, you know, um, you'd be pushing it if it was 10. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a very small, it's a much smaller number. Um, but it's money today. Is it, but, is the, that's yeah. The, I mean, it's just, you know, the, the smaller batteries, there's fewer of them around right at the end of the day. Um, the, the, um, you know, the, you know, in between those are these, these industrial applications for, for batteries as well. So, um, uh, you know, forklifts, buses, uh, you know, port vehicles, um, fleet vehicles like uh, 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 that um, that maybe don't have the, the the massive volumes that you would see with the big o- OEMs, but they have um, um, they do have captive markets and they can um, move things uh, relatively quickly. The issue is that very few of them are willing to take technological risk um, in their supply chain. So. Um, what you really have to do is you have to build this consortium um, um, of players that are willing to come together to take that um, uh, take that technological risk uh, collectively, and and that is we're starting to see that kind of thing happen um, jurisdictionally. So we just joined this group, you know, uh, uh, the Accelerate ZEV, uh, which is a zero emission vehicle initiative in, in Canada, and in that you have everyone in the supply chain kind of coming together. Okay. Um, like you know the, the big OEMs, but there's also you know electric bus companies and there's miners, um, big and small in there. And and really the idea is how can we come together to affect change to bring, to to basically de-risk the technological shift that needs to happen in order to benefit all of us. And and that that collective action is starting to you know spring up in in all kinds of places. Um, uh, uh, you know we're privy to it of course in, in North America because it's closer to home but you see it in see it in the UK and, and and all kinds of other places as well so that's a and that enables the smaller player to adopt a technology like like nano ones because it's it's done collectively with uh, uh, with their peers yeah okay that makes sense um oh crikey I'm just conscious of time here um I could probably speak to you for another four hours or more. Uh, it, it, it's truly fascinating. And we, and we didn't even kind of, I said, oh, let's get technical. And then I didn't. I want, you know, I want to talk about the coated single crystal stuff and, you know, what it, what it actually does, um, you know, w- 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 you know at, at a micro level. But um, thank you very much. That's a real eye-opener in terms of some, some ideas, the problems that you're solving, some of the people that you're working with and, you know, and trying to understand a little bit more about how you guys think and, and the way the business is or needs to evolve to kind of capture those, the, the commercial imperatives that you are going to need to capture down, downstream or down further down the line. Um, and the same time, the selling that you're going to have to, you're going to have to do. Um, does that mean you're going to sort of have to hire, start to hire new types of skill sets and get new, 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 new types of board members, new types of you know, people at the operational level for you. Uh, yeah. Look, the growth, uh, the growth to date has largely been really down in the ranks, trying to build out our, build out a, a young, uh, a young technical team. And, but I, I think you'll, you'll see over the coming months, the kind of people we're putting in place, you know, uh, 
you know, at the board level, it's, it's mostly, you know, we're grad, graduated to the TSX um, where there's a whole bunch of, you know, there's a whole bunch of um, regulatory obligations. And, and, um, uh, uh, and of course, we have to, uh, we have to meet some of the guidelines put forth by the uh, oversight agencies like Glass Lewis and ISS. So we'll be making changes there to, uh, to improve that. Um, but um, really, it's going to be at the kind of um, uh, uh, the senior management team level that we're going to be putting some horsepower in place, um, government reach, um, uh, manufacturing expertise, uh, and, and things like that. And because they're going to be they're fundamentally important to building out that um, uh, that that kind of ecosystem, that collaborative environment that I just spoke of. Yeah, I, I, so I'm, intri- I'm intrigued by the kind of, kind of the, the the what the commercial team. The biz dev team actually ends up looking like because you've got lots of different types of conversations going on at the moment with different yeah. different verticals and it, it's it's it can be complicated. But look, Dan, look, I won't take any more of your time. Uh, loved it. Come on again soon. Uh, great conversation. Thank you very much. Thanks. Really, uh, it's great meeting you and a, a great first chat. And I look forward to the next one.